Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. I think overall the aha moment was that it was just like the desktop version and I could move really quickly through it. And if I'm writing a sitcom, a television sitcom, the ending scene that lasts about 30 seconds, I can write a full orchestral cue in Notion, iOS, and complete it, finished, um, even with articulations and dynamics and tempo changes in less than 30 minutes. That was the aha moment. It's just the way that it increased my workflow. That was the moment where everything changed. My output just tripled at that point. Welcome back to iPad Pros. In this episode, I interview music composer Steve Steele. Steve does extensive work with the Notion app for iPad, which is a fairly powerful music notation app for the iPad. You can listen to my interview with Chris from Personos, who now owns Notion, on episode 4 of iPad Pros. Steve does the bulk of his writing on the iPad, but you'll also hear in this episode how he incorporates the iPad into the Mac work he still does, and what the future could look like going all iOS and the apps that are being worked on to make that happen. Something unique to this episode is I decided to include as bonus content at the end of this episode a few of the tangents we went on. I felt these discussions did not add to the value of the core episode, which focuses on music notation and production, but would be entertaining to hear as a little bonus at the end. So there's about 12 minutes of bonus content awaiting you after the main episode concludes. As a reminder, you can support the podcast on patreon.com slash iPadPros. One of the new perks in 2019 is early access to episodes. Supporters there got this episode over a week early. Another way you can support the podcast is by heading on over to the Apple Podcast app and leaving a review. Those reviews help send signals to Apple's algorithms to show it higher in search and helps others discover the podcast. With that, thanks for tuning in to iPad Pros. And here's my interview with Steve. Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Steve. Hey, thank you, Tim. Can you first introduce yourself and the work you do? I'm Steve Steele. I'm a composer, musician, and I'm a teacher. I've been a musician most of my life. I was one of those kids that started playing piano at a young age, got piano lessons when I was about five. And every few years, picked up a new instrument. And then eventually, uh, I went to North Texas and I double majored. I, first year, I majored in, in uh, jazz studies. And then the second year, I switched to composition and music theory. And I double majored the rest of the way through. My senior year, I left to go work in technology. I, I got a job offer from Apple at a time that I really wanted to, to be with them. And it was an offer I couldn't refuse. So I, I left school for that. I was in technology for about eight years. And for some reference, when you were in college, was Sibelius and Finale a thing or was it handwritten manuscripts mostly? Or what was the era of technology like back then? Finale was a thing. This is the mid 90s. I had Finale 95. That was my first intro to that. So the reason I wanted to have you on, I discovered you in one of the Finale forums asking about Finale for iPad. When's this coming? To both of our chagrin, it's not coming anytime soon, at least. Then I discovered the work you've been doing with Notion and wanted to just chat a little bit about just what kind of tool that is and how much work you're actually able to do with the iPad through Notion. As you mentioned, you kind of had Finale back with it was 95. You've kind of seen it evolve over the years. The Notion hits. What's your take on the original release of Notion and where it stands today? I guess I really kind of noticed it around 2010, 11, or 12, some, around that time period. Mm -hmm. And I looked at it at my first glance 
and this is before the iOS version, obviously, I think, it seemed to cater to people that wanted to attach virtual instruments to it and have a real simple kind of way of laying out, like sort of a middle ground between a score editor and a DAW. Mm-hmm. And and I didn't take it that seriously. But I eventually bought it because it had a couple of features that I wanted to check out. Lo and behold, I loved it from the, the instant I started using it. It was very natural. The note entry methods in Notion are second to none. It's a very fast note entry method workflow. This is the Mac version we're talking about here? Yeah, it's the Mac version. What makes the note entry on Mac so awesome? Because I wish they would even match Finale on the Mac with the iPad version with you know, keyboard shortcuts to make that better and stuff like that. That's one of the things. So the keyboard shortcuts are very intuitive. If you want to enter a whole note, you hit W. If you want to enter a quarter note, you hit Q. And if you want to enter a quarter rest, you double tap Q. If you want a dotted quarter note, it's QD. I'd love if that was all on the iPad someday. <laughs> yeah, true. There are a couple of keyboard shortcuts, but there's only a couple. Yeah. And that's something I would love to see as well. So then when I got an iPad, and especially I think it was when I got the iPad Pro, the first generation, I got a 12.9 inch iPad Pro. And that's when I got really serious about iOS stuff. And Notion was one of the first apps I bought. I bought the entire sound set and everything. Right away when I launched it, it was very familiar because it was exactly as the desktop. They did a great job of making it exactly like the desktop minus keystrokes. And there's only two voices per stave. I just put out a video about that. There's only two voices per stave instead of four. That's not a, a deal killer. It's not too often that on one stave you write more than two voices. So Now you're talking about like a clarinet and saxophone sharing and stuff versus like a chord for a piano. It can of course play chords and stuff like that. Right. That's correct. In, in Finale and in Notion for the desktop, you can have four voices or four layers as okay. Finale calls it. Yeah. Per staff. And coming from, you were mainly a Finale person. Is that right? Yeah, I've tried them all. I'm Finale Notion. That's sort of where I'm at. And how well can you actually send stuff from Finale to Notion? Is that an easy thing? And can you do that with Mac to iPad? Or do you need to go through Notion on the Mac first to get it into the right format? No, you can, you can go through Notion iOS to Finale, but through Music XML. It's an XML file. So I do a lot of orchestral stuff. A lot of uh, little cues, you know, on my iPad. And so what I'll do, my workflow basically is if I'm writing a cue, I'll enter all the notes. So I'm doing everything on the iPad, everything. And I'll finish everything but the dynamics out. And I'll, I'll leave a lot of the details out. And I won't really do much of the layout. So it's, it's basically note entry and basic getting it together. So the piece is almost finished. Then I'll export it as Music XML, and then I'll go to my desktop, my Mac, and then open up Finale and import it. At that point, I'll open up my template in Finale, and I'll copy and paste the Music XML, the notes from the Music XML file, to my template instead of trying to reformat the music XML file that I just opened in Finale. And then I can go ahead and enter all the stuff I need to, depending on what I'm trying to do, whether I'm trying to get playback or whether I'm trying to lay it out. And then I'll enter dynamics and any kind of uh, key switching or whatever it is. So that, that's where really where you have to draw the line. Mm-hmm. The, it's the limitations of music XML, the XML file. That's why the message that I left on the Finale forum, that's why that got started. Okay. In the XML, it lets you carry over notes, but you're saying like dynamics and articulations, that doesn't 
carry over? It has limitations. It'll try its best, but fail. It'll, it'll try its best, yeah, but the conversion isn't perfect. Okay, gotcha. It can be a little frustrating. If you try to ask too much of it, it will fail you and frustrate <laughs> you. You know, If you have a clean score with some dynamics and you know some hairpins and some stuff, it, it'll do fine. I decided a long time ago, I kind of found the balance, and that was after the note entry, and I found that it works 100%, and I don't mind going into Finale at that point. I, I love working with Finale, too. What would need to change in Notion for iPad to make you do it there? Is it the screen size? Would like a huge touchscreen that's 27 inches do it or something like that? It's really Notion itself. Notion, as far as its layout and as far as its completeness, I suppose, with more modern scores. Mm -hmm. For instance, uh, changing the size of the time signature. Like in modern film scores, you have those really large time signatures. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And stuff like that. You can't do that in Notion. Okay. You mentioned note entry is kind of the thing you do in Notion. That's what I mostly do these days for composing. I don't do the nitty-gritty work that I should to really... Right. I'm just more dabbling these days. Right. But how do you find note entry? That's Are you doing handwritten with its translation or MIDI keyboard hooked up? What's your process there? So this is really cool. And this is one reason why I love notions. In any given session where I'm writing, I will switch from tapping on the, the little keyboard on the interface mm-hmm. on the on the iPad to going to a MIDI controller, a keyboard MIDI controller, to switching over to, I have a guitar MIDI controller. It's one of those Fishman Bluetooth the triple plays. Yeah. And Notion understands the, that language and it understands the six strings individually. And then sometimes I'll switch to the Apple Pencil. I'll use the magnifier lane or I'll get out of that and, and just write on the score itself. Or if my Apple Pencil runs out of battery for some reason, I'll write with my finger if I have to. Or I'll use the little finger icon that allows you to tap notes into the score like a gesture Um, so there's just so many ways to enter notes that it's not the screen size 12.9 is fine it's perfect in fact the 12.9 inch ipad is the same size as a sheet of letter paper Hmm. yeah so yeah if you lay eight and a half by 11 on top of a 12 inch ipad it's basically the same thing when i carry it around it feels like a clipboard you know like a clipboard that you might carry around Yeah. So I used to do that, actually. When I would compose, when I was at North Texas, I had two ways of composing. I used to love to go back into the building at night. I would work from, say, seven to whenever they would find me and kick me out. And I had two ways. Either I loved to work on the chalkboard. For some reason, a piano and a chalkboard was great. Or I'd walk around with a little clipboard with some paper, some notation paper, and then I would just sketch stuff out and have a piano near me. Or I would just sketch some stuff out. I don't need a piano, but sometimes having a piano would be nice to have. Yeah, you'll like improvise and jot some stuff down you do from that. Yeah, improvising is, is an essential part of composing. Anyway, that felt very natural when I moved to the iPad and being able to walk around during an orchestral rehearsal have it in my arm and just see the parts and be able to, with the gestures, like zoom into stuff, maybe make some changes and then use the air print feature to print out a new part for somebody. Node entry is just crazy good. It's the best. So something I struggle with is the switching of modes from, so I'm hooked up to a MIDI keyboard and you're in like quarter note mode. And then that's my biggest struggle is just, I want a fast like keyboard shortcut to switch to eighth notes or something really easily. You've hit the nail on the head. So yeah, you've got to go to the note entry palette and switch notes. And that is the way to do it right now. That's the only way, right? Yeah, that's the only way. I think the two biggest keystrokes 
as far as note entry, that would make a huge difference. We'd be able to switch note values and be able to switch from the legato to chord mode mm-hmm. and then maybe move ahead and move back. I guess those three would be the the three that I would want first. Yeah. That would speed up the workflow tremendously. And especially if they added keystrokes that were real intuitive. Again, just use the same ones that they use on the desktop. I personally loved what Finale did with the, the number pad, where you just be in that number pad fours, a quarter note, and it just all correlated to numbers and you don't have to move your hand at all. But Q and W, that, that would work too. Sometimes the numbers don't make sense to me, even though I've been using it for what, 23 years now, 24 years? Go, going to seven for a whole note doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I, it just doesn't register with my brain. I've, I've got it memorized, but mm-hmm. tapping W is just, wow, to me that just like couldn't make any more sense. So yeah. in Notion, you can switch to the Finale or Sibelius keypad. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. On the desktop version, you can use their, their keystrokes. I do use uh, Metagrid. It's similar to Touch OSC. Everything's already built in and templates are built for you. And you can build your own templates, but it's a bunch of buttons and rows, like a grid. And they have templates for Digital Performer and, and the, the main DAWs for film. And they have some notation in there. So I've built some Metagrid templates for Notion and Finale. So I've got that on my left-hand side and on on another iPad. I've got all the notes lined up in a row that makes sense. And I just tap them in that way when I'm in Finale. So mm-hmm. that's not bad. But yeah, I, I just like the Notion way better. For yeah. Me, so. Okay. Gotcha. And you mentioned MIDI instruments and things like that. For those like getting started in this, what are like the best ones to invest in if you're looking to work mainly with an iPad Pro. So there's two things. If you want the iPad to power the instrument, mm-hmm. you need to have something that's MIDI compliant. Yeah. So I have a really old EMU board. It's like a 25 key keyboard. I can't remember what it, the the model is, but I'm also using a Roland A49, like $150. They've got the wiggle stick on it instead of the modulation wheel and the pitch bend separately. Um, and they've got the D-beam on it. Mm-hmm. That one can be powered by the iPad. Uh, when you plug it in, you have to hold, there's a plus and minus key. The first time I plugged it in, it said, can't power this instrument or whatever it said. The second time I said, well, let me just try pressing these two buttons down at the same time. <laughs> and I plugged it in and it powered it. it, it so the iPad powered it right up. Yeah, the newer third gen, which I don't have yet, uh, I here does power higher powered devices. Yeah, and it's got the USB-C yep. port, which is really smart of Apple. That was huge. I can't believe they did that. That was that was very smart. Of yeah, them. much earlier than I thought that would ever happen. Yeah, <laughs> me too. So concerning adapters, the camera connection kit, that's the USB 3. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bigger one that has the USB-A and the lightning port on it. So you can charge the iPad while having a USB cable run into it. And it also gives higher output to that uh, lightning port so you can hook up higher powered microphones and keyboards and things like that. Yep. And when you connect it to your Mac, you get a higher throughput too. So you can digitally stream audio from audio bus using some other software you can get i believe 16 channels of audio so eight stereo pairs of uh synths running through into your daw that's pretty cool that is a really important 
little adapter there. But the other way, just to answer your question, is if you use a, a USB hub, or it's a powered hub, and you use that adapter, then you don't have to worry about the iPad powering anything. So you can use any keyboard you want. You can use speakers. So I've got a little Motu MicroBook 2C that is powered by that. And I've got some little speakers, and I've got a couple of MIDI controllers, and I've got a, mi- a couple of few microphones. So I've got a nice little, I call it Studio B. You know, it fits on a table, yeah. basically. Uh, I saw a picture of your setup. It's very similar to yours. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, did you mention a Bluetooth guitar that's MIDI? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's that one again? So it's the Fishman Triple Play. Okay. And I imagine there are good Bluetooth MIDI keyboards as well for those who just want to be wireless and not worry about powering a device through your iPad. Yeah. Yes. I've never used one like the Bluetooth LTE. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've never used one, and the Fishman isn't that. It is Bluetooth. It it transmits from the transmitter on the guitar to a little Bluetooth dongle that they supply, and it's a USB dongle, and okay. then it plugs into the UP, USB port. And so the iPad doesn't see it as a, a Bluetooth instrument, but it's transmitting Bluetooth to a receiver. Gotcha. It's great. Works really well. Yeah. Now something that I played around with is the handwriting. Do you have any tips for making that really sing and work best? What what have you learned over the years and the do's and don'ts of trying to do handwriting input on the iPad? So first, for anyone wanting to do this, read the manual as far as what you can enter and what you can't, right? So it's at the end of the manual. There's a page about what Notion can understand and what it can't. And it just basically notes and a few other things. So you can't write lyrics in and all that kind of stuff. So once you know what to do, that's a good start. I I get a lot of people asking me, can you write lyrics in? Can you do this? Can you do that? So here's my best advice is if you want to move fast, Notion can move fast. Its recognition is very fast. Try not to watch the score as you're going. Just have faith that it's going to work. Try to be somewhat consistent about your drawing or your writing. If you want to write a quarter note in, you just need two strokes. If the staff lines are running, you know, at zero degrees, just from left to right along the horizon, you just need about a 45 degree angle slash. And then you lift up the pencil and then you just write straight up to write the stem. And you can just go... Just two little quick strokes. Oh, so you're not doing circles. You're just doing strokes. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And if you, as long as you do that, it'll enter it correctly. Now, sometimes it tries to anticipate what you're about to do. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're going to, this is in a video, actually. If people want to watch this, they can go to my channel and they can actually see this happen. I was on the fourth beat of a, a little prelude that I was entering and I needed to enter eighth notes and the first little stroke that I entered, it put in a a whole note after three quarter notes, which was kind of odd. So if you were to look at that and get frustrated by that, well, you know, why is it entering? Uh, you know, that that would slow you down. But the key is just to ignore it and just keep writing. It'll it'll adjust to what you do. Hmm. So you have the whole note and you keep writing within that same uh, measure? Mm-hmm. I just continued. So I had w- put one slash in or one note, mm-hmm. one of the eighth notes of the pair. And then I looked up and there was a whole note there. But I, I, I put my head down and I wrote the second slash for the second note. And then I wrote the two stems and flag and beam them together. And it readjusted itself. Interesting. Now, is there a way to like select... A group of measures in, say, fix measures that are over or, you know, truncate some... I don't know. I know Finale had a way of, like, pointing out when you screwed up. 
<laughs> in that way. Yeah. Notion does color note heads when you have too many or too much, mm-hmm. you know, too much rhythm. So yeah. at least it tells you that. And there is a selection tool. It's the selection tool, actually. Yeah, yeah. It, it's the, you know, the box. Um, yep. so there, there are a few tools for that, but not a whole lot. Okay. So something you mentioned is that you work with like full orchestral scores. Mm-hmm. Any pointers for making that manageable on the iPad screen? Like, are you looking at one part at a time or... Are you in page view or a different kind of view where it's kind of a scrolling, endless timeline? Great question. So I use all three as I need them. And I definitely use gestures. So I may be in page view to see the overall view of what I'm looking at. And I don't enter rests until the end. I just enter notes. And and Notion's great about that. It's not picky about needing things to be there. So I may have four measures of the strings just playing something and everything else is nobody else is playing. Right. Yeah. And then I may go, Hmm, okay, that's great. Let me, I don't know what I want next, but I know I want something here ending this phrase somewhere else, maybe in the winds and I'll start writing the winds out. And, and notion's great about leaving you alone and not saying, Hey, you need to, you need to fill this in or, or we're going to have a problem. What I'll do is maybe I'll switch to, one of the other viewing modes, like the continuous mode, where it's just moving all horizontally. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just pinch zoom, you know, so I can zoom all the way in and see just one measure of maybe the flutes and the oboes. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just write them in and then I'll, I'll just scroll down a little bit and then fill in the clarinets and bassoons. And then maybe I'll switch back to another mode. So I'm constantly switching back and forth between modes and zooming in, zooming out. And it's real fast. Gestures are extremely fast that way. It would be nice to have keystrokes for switching the view modes. Mm -hmm. But for Zoom, I mean, I guess that would be nice. But using gestures is fine for me. It's very fast. And you hold off for articulations and all that kind of stuff until it's in finale. Is that right? Mostly, yeah. Okay. I may enter like, you know, some markings, like some staccato or whatever. But yeah, that's right. Same thing with tempo or is that done in the notion i'll put the tempos in because at the end of the notion session i generally want to hear the playback Mm -hmm. and that's another great thing about the notion sample set that you can get with notion is that it's very forgiving it doesn't need to be told what to do It, it sort of just does it it's a limited sound set and that really is in its favor and what i found with the notion ios sound set is that it sounds great on the ipad But it's a little noisy. The signal-to-noise ratio isn't that great. If you listen to it through some nice speakers or a pair of headphones, you hear some hiss and stuff like that. But through the iPad speakers themselves, it sounds amazing. And like I said, it's kind of limited, so it doesn't make very many mistakes. It Mm -hmm. just sort of knows what to do. So if you you have a long note, it plays long. If you have a short note, it just plays short. So you don't need a lot of articulations or, if any, really for it to do anything. It just plays plays back right. So I want to hear that much, and I'll enter the tempo changes where I want them as part of the Notion workflow. Okay. And do you write jazz at all, or is it mostly orchestral stuff these days? No, I I do a lot of jazz, and I do a lot of real book-style layouts. And you can do a fairly good job in Notion Mm -hmm. of that even an iOS, and I'll use it with my students as well. So if we're learning autumn leaves, whatever, afternoon in Paris, or take your pick, I'll start off with just a lead sheet look. And it has a jazz font in Notion iOS that looks pretty close to the real book font. I can pretty much get, the kerning is a little off, 
somebody actually pointed that out to me in a video comment. One of the, I think the uh, naturals or the flats was right up against the note, you know, so <laughs> yeah. you can't really adjust that like you can a finale. So that's another right. thing with, with notion. You just can't do anything about it. So, you know, I'll start with uh, the lead sheet look and just the one line and, but then I'll enter a bass part. I'll enter a piano part, a guitar part, mm-hmm. and I'll enter drums. I can write percussion. I'm very familiar with percussion. So I'll write out a percussion part and it plays it back beautifully. And for note entry, have you ever had success doing the record feature where it's listening to what you're doing? Yes. I've never been great with that feature on any notation. And with latency, I quit every app but Notion and um, I use the fastest latency or instrument that will provide the fastest throughput time. Then it's okay. And especially, I want to say about the guitar thing, it understands the six strings as separate instruments. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the way guitar MIDI works. So each string can be a different instrument, but it also, what that does for, if you're a guitar player and you care about this kind of thing, if you want to see tab written out perfectly, Notion will record your tab perfectly if you have a MIDI controller. So it knows you're playing on the A string third fret and it'll put three on the A string or whatever. So that's pretty neat. Yeah. Do you have a breath controller, by the way? I don't, no. That, that's something I really need to get. So this is a MIDI controller, and it'll input breath marks as you do it, or what's that like? So a breath controller, there's a few out there, but it looks like a soprano sax or a clarinet, Mm -hmm. basically. And the keys are actually for the notes, and blowing in it is sort of the playing mechanism or the dynamic, like the mod wheel, sort of. Okay. For entering notes, it's a very natural way to get velocities right the first time without huh. having to go back and re-edit them. It's, it's a great controller. A, a lot of people just swear by them and they won't use anything else. So it'll input notes as well as crescendos and stuff or not? Notes and MIDI CC1. And as you blow, that's the dynamics. And you can change some stuff, okay. but that, that, that would be one of the workflows. A lot of people use them live, actually. Yeah. So uh, they're that good. With Notion for iPad, is there anything in the interface that you discovered one day that was like an aha moment for, wow, I can do this here? I think overall the aha moment was that it was just like the desktop version and I could move really quickly through it. And if I'm writing a sitcom, a television sitcom, the very end, like the ending scene that lasts about 30 seconds, yeah, I can write a full orchestral cue in Notion iOS and complete it finished, um, even with articulations and dynamics and tempo changes in less than 30 minutes. I can knock that out yeah, and then transfer it to Finale mm-hmm. through XML. So I guess that was the aha moment. It's just the way that it increased my workflow. Yeah, That was the moment where everything changed. My output just tripled at that point. Yeah, that's... That's awesome. Something I noticed that you do is you develop these templates for Notion, Finale, and other programs. What Mm -hmm. kind of templates have you developed for Notion? So I'm VSL certified, so Vienna Symphonic Libraries. So I started out building Vienna Ensemble Pro templates. And it started out that I was certified and I was making some videos just about how to put them together. And um, I, like, I did like a top 10 features of VE Pro 6. And the next thing I know, I'm getting a bunch of emails and phone calls, people asking me to build templates for them. Some really big composers too. Yeah. That happened so fast and so many people that I, you know, I just said, wow, okay, I'll, I'll just keep doing this. That's how I got started. And then 
I knew that it, most people wanted a complete solution. They wanted a DAW and a VN Ensemble Pro solution. So I got the basic list of the big DAWs that most people use. And then Finale and Sibelius and Notion were my three, and then Dorico, the four notation programs. And then I just sort of included that. So those, there's like five DAWs, four notation programs, and VN Ensemble Pro. And that's how I started building templates. So I'll build a DAW template for any DAW, and then I'll build a VN Ensemble Pro template. And then I have a notation application template that basically is the same for all applications. Okay. And they're pretty custom to just whatever the composer is looking to, to write for that project? Right. I'm getting to the point where I'm going to sell generic templates mm-hmm. that'll kind of cover my workflow. But they're still kind of generic. I, I can't get too specific because everyone works differently. And like, what's an example of this? Because when you open up Notion on iPad, you have the option of give me a full orchestral score to start writing in. Let me start this just from the desktop real quick, just so you get the, the picture here. So here's my biggest workflow. This is the the way when I'm really into it. So I use uh, Digital Performer as my main DAW. And I have two Mac Pros, and I host all my sample libraries across both of them in VN Ensemble Pro. So Digital Performer is controlling that. However, for a score editor, I really like to write in notation. The, the piano roll is fine, but I'm very creative when I'm, I'm in a notation editor. So I use either Finale or I'll use Notion as the score editor for Digital Performer. And the reason that you can do that is because both of them are rewire capable. But Notion is actually better because Notion has the MIDI rewire capability. So it can send MIDI, 64 channels of MIDI, like it's eight ports times 16. So this is where you're performing in the DAW and it gets sent over the Notion for kind of a transcribe of what you're doing over there? So what I'll do is I'll have my orchestral template open in Notion. And I'll enter notes there. And it will send the MIDI information through Rewire to Digital Performer. Digital Performer hears it, and it sends the information to Vienna Ensemble Pro into Contact or whatever instrument I'm using, and it'll play. And then at the end, I can either export the uh, Notion uh, file as a MIDI file and then import it into Digital Performer, or I can just record it So because it's controlling it via rewire, it's all synced up. So at the end of the session or wherever I'm at in the session, I can just hit record in Digital Performer and it will record all of Notion's performance as MIDI notes. So with that in mind, I use Notion iOS knowing that I'm going to probably do that. So I'll write everything in Notion iOS And in this case, I can go full articulations, everything. I don't have to worry about XML files. Because the goal of all of this is to use Vienna to give you a nice recording without using musicians to perform that for you? Is that kind of the... For indie projects that can't afford any musicians that don't have the budget for it, or for producers or directors or for musical directors that want to hear a really good playback, um, yes, that's why you use that. Okay. It's throughout the industry. And that does not exist on iOS in any way, shape, or form, right? It's starting to. Okay. Uh, but not yet. It's mm-hmm. coming. Um, but not yet. Like they've announced they're working on that kind of project? What I would like to see, mm-hmm. and what I, what I know is coming through somebody. The grapevine, yep. Yeah, is audio bus and inter-application audio and audio units support in and out 
are out basically mm-hmm. for notation programs and such. So it can use external instruments. For for instance, I, I like the on iOS, I like the Ravenscroft, the UVI Ravenscroft piano. That's a really nice sounding piano. Yeah. So I would love to be able to output to that from Notion or from any other program. Uh Symphony Pro five, I believe, um, is is a pretty good app. I like that a lot. So that's another notation app that I use. So I would love to be able to output to those. And that's currently missing, but some of that's there. Uh, other like Cubasis can do it all day long and it has a MIDI role editor. So I'll use that as well. Yeah. Okay. But I'd like to see them sync up, which you can do MIDI sync. You just can't right now with notation programs send information. You can't output MIDI information from gotcha. them. Gotcha. Yeah. You're able to save a MIDI file out of Notion. But yeah, not so you a can, live thing. Yeah, so Notion iOS can save its its default format, its proprietary format. It can save XML and it can save as MIDI. It can also do an uh, um, like a WAV file and it can do a PDF. It can output a bunch of formats, yeah. which is really nice. But I'll output as MIDI and then just pull it into Cubasis. Mm-hmm. So if I was doing a, a full iOS mock-up, that's how I would do it. So I mean, if I had to use other instruments... If I was using some synths and some wacky, you know, some like really crazy percussion that wasn't just purely orchestral based, like Notion iOS has, I would output Notion as a MIDI file into Cubasis and then load up all my instruments as AudioBus or inner application or whatever. Yeah. For the next version, Notion, I know they do it kind of every other year for iOS. What kind of stuff do you want them to put in there? So I'd like to see two or three things that would really seal the deal for me as it being a great program. Like again, I'd like to see audio bus or inter application audio support or audio unit support. That's a big one. I'd like to see some keystrokes that would speed up the workflow tremendously. I think those two are the biggest. Yeah. I think the rest of my wish list is going to have to mirror the desktop version. Mm -hmm. They're going to probably have to do it in the desktop version first, like some layout stuff. Yeah. I'd have to think the keyboard shortcuts, with the iPad Pro being so entrenched now and so many keyboards being attached to those, that they've got to be thinking an iPad also means a keyboard because it does now. Yeah, and when you see like the the latest uh, iPad, you know, which which you've seen, you know, when we saw the uh, Apple announcement of that, that thing is fast. Yeah, that thing can handle a full score, no problem, and a lot of other stuff running at the same time with a bunch of inputs. Mm-hmm. It is a desktop replacement in a way. I think all the notation program um, developers, Notion, everybody, they should consider it as such. Yeah. So this brings us to the question of what will it take for Sibelius and Finale to bite the bullet and move to iOS? Is that ever going to happen, you think? They seem very stubborn. Yeah, and I think part of their stubbornness comes from their old user base who likes to engrave, and they don't want to see any changes. Yeah. They don't like new stuff. They they want it just as is, and let's keep it like this forever. Is the code base that archaic that it would just... Be, it'd be a total rewrite. There'd be brand new apps, basically. Yeah, it'd be a rewrite. And it'd be expensive. One wonders, do they have the resources that they would need to allocate to do that? You know, Notion is $30. Yeah. And, and look what you can do with it. You can write complete orchestral movements on it for $30. Yeah. It's crazy. Who would ever turn that down? The people of Finale and Sibelius are worried about that. They're like, I don't think people are going to want to spend $200. And uh, Symphony Pro 5, too, is another player that, that could sneak in. That's another um, notation app, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll think of that one a shot. That one's not quite where Notion is, or what's kind of that state? 
for that one? At, at first, I didn't think, but it's. I guess I just wasn't as familiar with it. It's close. Okay, I had that for my iPhone back in the early early days when it was like one of the first things like that was out. They're getting aggressive. I definitely look at them. Yeah, I'll give. I'll reinstall it because I definitely I own it still. And there's Notate Me, which is interesting. You can do handwriting, but it has photo score in it. So if you need to scan and do OCR, that's mm-hmm. great. And there's some other programs that have some really great music OCR in them, you know. So those are great. And how's the handwriting in Symphony Pro? Is that up to Notion's level or not quite there? Yeah, it's good. It's good? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. I'm, re- I'm really impressed with that app. And uh, any other tools for music creation on the ipad that you just want to mention i don't think you have time to go in depth on anything but any other mentions as far as music notation goes i I think a well-rounded setup would be a notation app i think notion ios and i think um symphony pro 5 are great i but i think uh notate me is great i think music scan is great those are both ocr apps and the other one um notate me does handwriting and there's a couple others i use but and will you actually uh, write on paper and do the OCR as a way of doing some of your scores? I'm, I'm almost as fast on Notion's handwriting as I am on paper. Not mm-hmm. not quite. But yes, I'll, especially when I have students and I have some notation paper and I sketch something out and then I'll take a scan of it and it scans it almost, per- music scan almost scans it perfectly and it plays it back to make sure and then you export it to a, a Notion or something like that. So yes, I'll do that. But I, I do a lot of archiving that way too. Okay. I'm reading in the description of Symphony, which makes me really want to try this, is that they support QWERTY keyboards for input. Have you played around with that at all? I, I haven't done that. Okay. I, I need to not. play with that because that's been the one thing about Notion that just drives me a little bit insane. Yeah. Like I said, those guys, they're moving along and, and they're pushing and I would keep an eye on them. Okay. And in college, I did do a lot of uh, that's a little handwriting on paper. I actually bought a five nibbed ink you know, tip where you can dip it in ink in your drawing staffs and you're able to do like creative staffs where it's like... Uh, yes. thicker the line of the staff would indicate dynamics, stuff like that I'd have fun with. You know, that's always the ultimate in notation applications. There's some of the most difficult workflow applications ever. Because mm-hmm. the two don't really go together. No. <laughs> it's like word processing versus creativity. You know, it's just like, <laughs> you know, it's no fun. Especially back in the 90s, using Finale was no fun. But yeah, that, that would be the ultimate in notation app. One that that was just like a piece of paper. Just It just mm-hmm. understood everything, anything. It did anything you wanted. You know, Dorico has a feature where you can start out just free-flowing and then organize rhythms and st- such later. I would like to see that and in some of the iOS stuff. That's part of the sketching process. Yeah. So for those that want to find more info about you, stevesteel.com, is that right? stevesteel.com, uh, S-T-E-E-L-E. And right. is the YouTube channel you mentioned linked on that website as well? Yes, it is. Okay, awesome. As far as social media goes, that's it for me. If you want to find me, either go to my website or go to my YouTube channel. And I answer questions on my YouTube channel all the time. I'm very in contact with people that that talk to me on YouTube. So that's my social media or my website. Excellent. Thanks for your time today, Steve. It's been great chatting with you. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for listening to this episode of iPad Pros. You can find the show notes over at iPadPros.net. You can send your feedback to me at iPadProsPodcast.gmail.com. If you email a voice memo, I'd be happy to include your audio in a future episode. 
I'm on Twitter at iPad Pros Podcast. And as mentioned at the top of the show, if you haven't had a chance to review the show on Apple Podcasts, I highly encourage you to do so. Every review helps send signals to promote the podcast more in search and helps other people discover the show. Thank you for your time and attention today. Talk to everyone again real soon. So the the Apple thing, this is Steve Jobs this has is, just returned? What's the this, this is the Gil Emilio era. Ah, so, okay. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. The company's going down fast. Yes, they are. So but I, I still to this day, as far as corporate jobs go, it was one of my favorite gigs. I'll t- I'll tell you a funny story, and this is very Apple-ish, right? So uh, the first day I walk in, and this is not this is not typical of me, but I, I wanted to, to make a good impression because I, I this is a company I really wanted to work for because um, I had owned Apple computers for about ten years, and you know at that time uh, I was a big enthusiast. I was pretty young and I was into it, so I wanted to make a good impression. So the first day I, I wore I actually wore not a full suit, but I, I wore a shirt and tie and slacks, and you know I looked good. The manager came up to me at the end of the day and he goes, if you wear that again tomorrow, I'm going to cut that tie off. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, the next day I, sh- I-, I looked around and the gr- there was this girl a couple of uh, you know desks away from me and she was wearing shorts, a t-shirt and no shoes. And that, that was pretty much the attire at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and I, t- I took the cue from that and that's how I dressed the rest of the time. <laughs> So that was the culture there. What what was your uh, department, if you're able to say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, uh, I was um, high end support. So at that time, I, I would receive phone calls. So this is at a time when Apple was still doing all their tech support in house. Okay, a lot of Newton so I, questions, how to how to do handwriting and stuff. No, I wasn't in the Newton department. Okay. I was in what would be whatever the high end Mac is at that time. So this is from the, like the Quadra eight forties to the introduction of the Power PCs, and I was I was doing all anything high end. So a lot of Photoshop users, a lot of you know stuff like that. The only group higher than me was the server group, and they were they were doing Apple's old AIX their um, their Unix version of their operating system. Do you remember that? I don't know. A little yeah, before that, my time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you should look it up sometime. It's pretty interesting. Just like uh, look it look it up on Wikipedia. There's some pictures of it. It looks just like like System Seven mm-hmm. looked like, but it was a Unix operating system, and it wasn't it wasn't the same. It wasn't a BSD flavor, um, but it was interesting. I think they actually built it because NASA wanted to buy a bunch of Macs, but they needed. Uh, a secure system, which, you know, Windows and Macs back then were not, the yeah. kernels were, weren't, weren't that. <laughs> so I think they actually built it for, for the government. Um, but anyway, that, that's an old story. So with that, when the Mac moves to ARM, which I think it will in the next coming years, will Finale and Sibelius finally move over to the iPad and ARM, or will they just be your Windows only because we're not going to put in any work? <laughs> you know, okay, so that rumor, that's a big rumor right now, right? Yeah. You know, that uh, Apple's going to be switching to their own silicon on chips. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that rumor. I don't think it's going to happen. As, this is just my own opinion. Um, I don't have any inside sources or anything like that. Um, I don't think it's going to happen as fast as people think. And here's why. We're still waiting for the Mac Pro, which is supposed to come out this year, right? Yes, 2019. That, yeah. and, that, 
Yeah, and that's going to be Xeon based. Yeah, you'd think, right? You'd think, unless that's the, the first R one that's got a hundred arm chips strapped together. But uh, yeah, I'm guessing it's Intel. But, and and um, I believe the PowerPC to Intel transition, the Mac Pro was the very last one to make the switch. Um, mm. If memory to right. Intel, yeah, to, to Intel, yeah. that was the last yeah. one that held on for a while. But when when you think about the ARM architecture, how well can you use multiple processors? How well does it do that? Do you know? Um, iPads do it if the developer, you know, enables it. Like that's something that uh, the Ferrite developers added that in one of their most recent versions, and performance was like you know quadrupled in like export speeds and stuff. Like it does handle that stuff. But that's only one chip. That's only one CPU. I'm talking about multiple CPUs. Okay. Because the current chip a, is like a multi-core chip, right? It's a multi-core chip, but it's only one chip. When when the Mac Pros came out, they put, and even the G5s, they had four um, like chips. Yeah. And CPUs. I don't, and I don't know. Maybe Apple would figure that out. But and also perhaps this would be weird. But maybe the laptops would be ARM and the desktops would be Intel, and they'd write programs that just speak to both. That's possible. This, this is what I'm thinking. Apple's going to do. This is just a guess. But if you look at the iMac Pro, it has as um, the the high end. Well, all of them. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about the high end one for just a moment. It's the 18 core current Xeon, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's nice. But they've got some help in there. They use some of their own ARM chips in the iMac Pro to help out. Yep. So for instance, they use the, is it the, is it the A2 or W2? I, I can't remember which one that is, but it's, it's the one that, that works with the uh, encryption. Yeah, I think it's like the T3 chip or something, T2. Yeah, T2, yeah. T2, yeah, but that's right. Okay, so what this one, this one does something really interesting. Not only does it do the encryption for the drives, what they use in those iMac Pros is for the, for the flash SSD storage, they have dumb control. Uh, they have dumb SSDs in there. In other words, the, the, the SSDs don't have controllers on them like normal ones that you can buy. Yeah. So the iMac Pros have two uh, flash drives in there and they use that T2 chip as the controller. So that's great. And then the iPad Pros have the one, I think, I guess it's the W series that mm-hmm. does Bluetooth. So I have a pair of Beats wireless. Yeah. And so the, con- the connection's fast and it's great oh, and it goes great. really the far. The range is amazing. Like going through the entire house and it's going through walls and stuff. Yeah, it's amazing. And, uh, you know, it, people tend to not get that. You know, oh, Beats, uh, it doesn't sound that yeah, great. Yeah, you know, so I have it's, AirPods if, as well. And the, the range, it's better than AirPods, which are great as well. But it's got like a even more beefed up W chip than the AirPods do. Yeah, I love them. I mean, I, I use Beats basically for enjoyment. I don't use them to mix down. So I, yeah, people need to understand your, that. Your uh, yeah, hands. yeah. Yep. It, it's a tool for a particular thing, right? Mm-hmm. So so what I think, uh, to get to the bottom line, what I think Apple's going to start with if for their high-end machines is they're going to they're going to complement an Intel CPU um, architecture with a bunch of Apple's own architecture. Yeah. So they're going to take a lot of responsibility away from the Intel, the x86, and use their silicon chips first. But you might be right on some of the lower end stuff, like the MacBook Air. Maybe yeah, they'll do that. Portable with twenty-hour battery life. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean that would be great. Maybe we'll get um like a like a 
not a dual boot, but maybe we'll get something that does macOS and iOS at the same time. Or maybe it'll be a hybrid OS. I mean, I know there's a bunch of rumors out there and a lot of them have been shot down, but I, you never know what Apple's going to do. But you, you can guarantee one thing. Apple, I, I don't know this for sure, but just knowing Apple, as I do, uh, they've got every, they've got everything ported to everything ready to go. Oh yeah. And they've had it for years. They can do some pretty great stuff that nobody else can do. And th- this is one area where Apple can really shine over other OEMs. Yeah. Like let's move to subscription finale if we're going to do that. <laughs> yeah. In fact, they asked me directly, how much would you pay for it? Yeah. If you go back in the day, you know, like in the nineties, a good app like Photoshop or a digital performer or not digital performer necessarily there. It was like $500, but mm-hmm. a photo, I remember Photoshop being around 800 or the whole suite was like $800. I guess this, I mean, the sell is volume, right? You could uh, sell it for $50 and on volume, make it up what you used to sell it for a lot more maybe. Well, you know, when the, the app store for iOS came out, all the apps were like $5. And, and people just got... Yeah, you had $10 games, all that. Right. Yeah. And so people are used to that. And now trying to sell someone on a, two, a $200 app is, is a hard sell. Yeah. And so... The Omni Group I, does it. Um, they're one of the few. Mm-hmm. I saw um, like a, an analyzer, like a Spectrum Analyzer uh, oscilloscope that was... Three hundred dollars the other day on the App Store. I I would have no problems paying for that on the latest iPad because the latest iPad is powerful enough to really do something with it. But I see people complaining for ten dollar apps. You know, it's oh, it's ten dollars. I'm not paying that much for this. I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, and so I think a couple things need to happen. I think the public needs to accept that the prices are going to have to go up, and I think Apple's going to also have to treat developers a little differently. I think the App Store is fine. Apple is trying to keep it all in-house. Mm-hmm. And for security reasons, that's fine, I guess. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm an old Mac user. I'm used. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if I want side-loading on the iPad. I don't mind the App Store, but I think they need to have friendlier terms for developers because they need to really encourage developers right now to want to port finale or want to port Sibelius, like give them an incentive. I think that is a big thing. I think developers are wary of the app store and the money they're going to lose when they spend a lot of money to develop an app or to port an app like finale or Sibelius over to iOS. And then no one's willing to pay more than 20 bucks for it. And the volume is really low. They're going to lose a lot of money. And Apple's not going to help out. Those two things need to change. The public needs to understand that the iOS version is probably about 75% as capable as the desktop version. Mm-hmm. So the price should be according. Yeah. If it's two, if it's $200 on the desktop, it should be 150 on iOS. And people should have no problems paying for that. Yeah. Or if, it, if there's a cross-grade price, that's fine too. But people should be, be willing to pay for that. And then Apple needs to allow the developer to keep most of the money. Mm-hmm. I think those two things need to happen for these like Finale and, and, and the other companies, Sibelius, to, to, to want to do this. And the big companies like Adobe, they're doing the subscriptions, which they've already had. And it's like, oh, we can just add to that. But uh, Finale yeah. and Sibelius, they aren't as big as Adobe. I mean, <laughs> nope. they feel like no, that's positions, but they're not. 
They are not in any way, shape, or form. My impression of the the Photoshop release was sort of like Apple put some pressure on it. Come on, man. (laughs) (laughs) We need somebody to release a full desktop style version, something in Photoshop. Yeah, let's get the ball rolling. So I think Apple probably, I don't know, I'm just guessing Mm -hmm. that Apple probably put some pressure on Adobe to do that, get that done, to to look good. This is a little bit off uh, topic, but I think the Affinity apps have been scaring them a bit with the designer and affinity photo being so well done. And for the next generation that are an iPad that they just never mm. use Photoshop because of that. Yeah, you're definitely right. I have both of those apps and I love them. They are amazing. And Pixelmator is pretty good too. So yeah. Yeah. And the same thing could happen to Fallon's Valley if Notion keeps working on their app. <laughs> yep. 